0: Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of After Hours, a minor league baseball podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Apter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get the show started, I just wanted to take a moment to remember the lives of Orange Coast College baseball coach John Altabelli, his wife Carrie, and daughter Alyssa. They passed away in a tragic accident on January 26th, and uh, that also took the lives of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester and her 13-year-old daughter Peyton, and Pilot Ara Zabayan. John Aldabelli had been a coach at Orange Coast College for 27 years. He led the team to four state titles and over 700 wins. He was named the National Coach of the Year by the American Baseball Coaches Association in 2019. The baseball world lost a great man who touched the lives of so many young athletes during his time as a coach. His son, JJ, is a scout for the Boston Red Sox, and his other daughter, Lexi, is only in junior high school. The Red Sox and its foundation will be providing financial and emotional support, but there is a fundraiser open to the public already to assist JJ and Lexi Altabelli after their horrible, horrible loss. You can donate by visiting gofundme.com slash f slash support dash four, that's F-O-R, dash the dash altabelli spelled A-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-I, dash family. That's gofundme.com slash f slash support dash four dash the dash altibeli, dash family. I'll make sure to post the link in the episode description. In light of what was a devastating tragedy, I ask everyone listening to make sure you hold your loved ones close each and every day because you can not take any moment for granted. May those we lost rest in peace. All right, everyone, welcome back into After Hours, a minor league baseball podcast. Right now, I'm very happy to be joined by the general manager of the Norwich Sea Unicorns, the Class A short season affiliate of the Detroit Tigers, Mr. Dave Skirmerhorn. Dave, uh, th- welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Brandon. Excited to join you.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Um, Uh, very exciting to to talk about these rebrands and and there are a handful of them really every year. So uh, I'm eager to learn about the process that, Led you guys to to land on on sea unicorns and everything like that. but but before that, uh, just kind of wanted to start off by letting our listeners learn a little bit more about uh, you uh, and your journey in the world of minor league baseball. And um, you know, I've, I've come to realize that one of the more rare things across minor league baseball is that people rarely stay in the same place for a long time. As you know, it's a business that for a lot of people you need to move around in order to move up. Now, for you, you've been with the organization for quite some time now. So, talk about how you got your first opportunity uh, with the then Connecticut Tigers and how you were able to develop within the organization.
1: Sure. Yeah. My, my story is uh, somewhat unique, I think, in, in minor league baseball. I'm um, fortunate enough to be working here in my hometown. So I grew up right here in Norwich, Connecticut. Um, I actually started here as uh, an intern. My first uh, job in professional sports was uh, I was an intern for the Connecticut Defenders, who at the time um, it was the 2009 season. Uh, they were in their final season here at Dodd Stadium as the Double A affiliate for the uh, San Francisco Giants. Um, at that point, when that season ended, um, the, the Defenders relocated and went down to Richmond, Virginia, became the Flying Squirrels, and that left the Norwich market and Dodd Stadium open at uh, which point the oneonta tigers came here to norwich and i was uh, lucky enough to be hired here full-time originally as the director of community relations and promotions so spent a number of years in that position eventually uh, was uh, promoted to be the assistant general manager for two years in 2014 and 15 and then uh, became the general manager in uh, the spring of 2016 Heading into that season, so it's hard to believe we we just finished our tenth season here as the Connecticut, excuse me, the Connecticut Tigers. um, And time flies. It's been an incredible ten years. Uh, Thinking back, especially kind of uh, going through all the anniversary things that that we did this past uh, summer, we've spent we spent a lot of time going back and kind of looking back at the last ten years, both on the field and off, and. Um, Some of the incredible stories that we had launching the franchise um, in a relatively short amount of time heading into the summer of 2010.
0: Right. Yeah, that's, that's great. And what, what can you say that you kind of learned about the, the business as a whole throughout your time with one organization? Because, you know, I imagine sometimes, you know, being in the same place in other industries would probably maybe get a little bit redundant. So how do you kind of keep things? We know minor league baseball is one of those industries that's ever changing. But how do you th- keep things exciting, I guess, for you and your staff having been with an organization for such a long time?
1: Yeah, I think for us, it's just been continuing to build, to continue to improve um, all of our operations here within the office, but also to continue to improve the fan experience. So what's the next promotion? You know, what's the the next most popular thing on social media that that we can play off of and have fun with to to make our fans engage with us more on social media or fans just have, uh, you know, just a slightly better time than the last time that they came out to a game at Dodd Stadium. So I think just naturally there, there's always the next thing. There's always something that, that we can move forward towards and, and continue to build. And uh, the support that we've received from the community, both in terms of attendance, in terms of uh, partners and sponsors over the last 10 seasons has been incredible, the the amount of growth and, uh, which continues to grow. And, and with the new name, our bond with the, the city of Norwich itself, both uh, the officials and and uh, the community, uh, our hope and, and what we've seen so far is Uh, those things are just getting stronger, and um, we're we're looking forward to many years of Norwich Unicorns baseball.
0: Yeah, and, you know, being being in the minor league industry for 10-plus years, you know, I was in it for nine years before switching to a different industry. A lot has changed. What do you think, uh, for you, looking back on your time in minor league baseball to this point, has been the biggest change from when you started to now going into the 2020 season?
1: Sure. I, I think, um, you know, obviously, in terms of the business side, companies are looking for ways to engage fans um, in, in maybe in, a, in some different ways. You know, there's still and there always will be the draw of um, the bread and butter of minor league baseball and outfield billboard sign, things of, of that nature, but even more so, the ability to maybe uh, be tied in with uh, social media, whether it's sponsorship of the starting lineup post before every game. Um, things that you know, maybe are a little bit more trackable and, and things that might uh, engage a different type of fan, maybe a little bit younger fan base if, if a company of, of some kind is looking to do that. Um, in the facility, I, I think fans are looking for maybe some better, uh, different food options and drink options. Uh, you know Things like the, the boom of craft beer industry has kind of changed uh, some things that we've done right, in yeah. terms of concession stands. Um, for instance, we, we have a... Concession stand that's been new the last couple of years, with just Connecticut craft beers. And to think back uh, in 2010, we we probably wouldn't have, would, have been able to put together 10 local Connecticut, and 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 some of them are just right here in Norwich, um, that that we would want to serve on a on a nightly basis. So um, I think in some ways a lot's changed, and and in some ways. Uh, things uh, are, are very much the same. So, uh, you know, we we enjoy the fact that fans come out to a game and their time spent here isn't quite as uh, tied to the final score as it is being entertained and, and having a great time telling their friends and, and hopefully coming back
0: again and again. Certainly. Uh, you know, one of the big things that has been consistent with minor league baseball over the past decade uh, maybe a little less than a decade has been changed with regard to to branding you know you see this trend of minor league teams rebranding to more wacky names we we get a, you know a handful of them every year. I, I feel like for me it all started with the El Paso Chihuahuas and then just kind of uh, exploded from there and there's you know always a little bit of of outcry before people just normalize again, but, you know, with this trend of, of minor league teams rebranding to these zany names, how did Norwich try to set themselves apart from the other teams that have done the same thing?
1: Well, I think uh, a lot of the things that that you just mentioned, you can't argue with success in a, in a lot of cases. So uh, a lot of the, the names that you mentioned, um, and I, I think you're right, kind of starting uh, back with El Paso, it's it's successful and and I you know when we started this process we didn't go into it saying look we want the most wacky name or you know we want to make a bigger splash than the last team in in certain areas we just said look, we we want to come up with a way that we can celebrate the history of Norwich Connecticut and the, the surrounding towns uh, much of which is a, a very rich nautical history um, and we want something that can be uniquely ours so that. If someone hears the Norwich Sea Unicorns, or if someone hears the name Sea Unicorns, whether they're here in Norwich or they're in St. Louis or they're in California or they're in a a different country, if you hear Sea Unicorns in reference to a a sports team, it's really only one team that you could be talking about, Right. Um, as opposed to some other names that may may be a little bit more traditional. There might be three or four or ten or twelve or um, different teams in different sports that have that same name. So we wanted something that could be very uniquely ours that, you know, ultimately would put Norwich, I don't want to say put Norwich on the map because the history is incredible here in Norwich, but maybe start to, to bring some of that history back. And and, and that's something that we've, we've talked a lot with with some of the folks here um, in City Hall. Uh, the history of Norwich as uh, really a center of, of wealth and commerce and influence um, celebrate that history because, uh, you know, it is still an incredible place to live and work.
0: Yeah. Um, so you talk, in, one of the words that you talked about uh, when you were just mentioning a few things was tradition. And, you know, one of the traditional things with, with these rebrands is how people unveil them. You know, when they just started to get in, unveiled, it, it seemed to be a traditional press conference. But now things are becoming a little less traditional as, you know, teams go out into the community in order to find ways to, you know, link themselves with the community around them. For you guys, when you unveiled the CU Unicorns name, you unveiled everything at a local middle school. So how important was it for you and your organization to make sure that you did something that also involved the community with regard to the whole rebrand scope?
1: Yeah, that, and that, that's a perfect example of, of everything that we wanted to do in this process is bring the community back in closer to the stadium. And, and, and a lot of what we do isn't even baseball-related. It's you know high school baseball games, yes, but also car shows and um, professional wrestling and, and all the different events that we hold at the stadium. But um, having that unveiling event here at Kelly Middle School, um, we, we wanted it to be here in Norwich, Uh, because of the history that we're celebrating. And uh, one of the ways that we unveiled the logos was um, through the uniforms. And the uniforms we had, uh, our models were uh, Norwich police officers and firefighters. So um, that was one thing that I think a lot of people mentioned to me as as their favorite part of the event was having some of those folks, you know, kind of take center stage literally and and figuratively to help us unveil, but uh, the people that help keep the, the people here in Norwich safe on a daily basis.
0: Right. So um, in becoming the Sea Unicorns, the organization removed the state of Connecticut from the name as well. You know, that goes back with the Tigers, as you said, who just celebrated their 10th year uh, and the Connecticut Defenders before them. So what was the process for the organization behind, behind deciding that it was time to rebrand and create a different identity for the team?
1: We felt that it was time to, to refresh things. Um, it, it also coincides with uh, as I said, a, a strengthening of our bond with with the City of Norwich, which included a, a new lease. So we we signed a new lease with the City of Norwich back in the uh, end of July, early August. It's a new 10-year lease with some extensions uh, on top of that. So we're committed to the City of Norwich. The city of Norwich is very committed to us and, and to Dodd Stadium and, and continuing to uh, put funding into the stadium to keep it as a, a top-notch minor league baseball facility.
0: Um, so before officially unveiling the Sea Unicorns name, the, the finalists included the Norwich Golden Roses, the Mole Mules, the Norwals, and the Salty Dogs. So were there some early favorites within the organization staff or was the Sea Unicorns the name you guys kind of targeted after the first round of suggestions, which I saw was like over 700 suggestions?
1: Yeah, the process was was a lot of fun. It was it was certainly uh, it had its stressful points as well. Um, but we, yeah, once we we received those seven hundred, just over I, I believe it was about seven hundred and fifty total suggestions, it was tough to to go through all of them and, and narrow it down. I mean, that was that was quite a process because you could tell there was a lot of love, a lot of thought put into a lot of the submissions by fans. So, and involving the fans in the process was was paramount to us as well. So. We were able to narrow it down to the five, and, and you know there were five names that we felt represented uh, Norwich, its history in some way, shape, or form. Of course, a, a couple of them, or uh, at least three of them, were nautical-based in, in terms of the tie back to the to the area. Um, and we found that the Norwich Harbor was really the—it became pretty clear very quickly that the harbor here in, in downtown Norwich was the setting. Uh, you know, in terms of thinking of the new brand as a story— the harbor is the setting, and then the, the question from that point was sort of what is the character? Um, and, and we wanted to play, uh, pay homage to the legendary ship captains of Norwich's history um, who lived in the houses right along the harbor and, and would go out to the West Indies and come back and, and, and trade spices and textiles to come back to be uh, turned into products in the, in the mills here in Norwich. So all these stories coming together, and, and one of the things that we found – were you know and and the the visual uh, we had was these sh- legendary ship captains in Norwich telling these tall tales of of what they encountered when they went out to sea, you know, creatures both real and imagined at some points. Um so that that was the um this the beginning of sea unicorns coming towards the the forefront and eventually uh when we had the fans uh vote on the the five finalists um we saw the popularity there.
0: Right. So in reading about the logo, you uh in for milb.com, I know Ben Hill does a feature of each of the team that teams that rebrand. Uh you spoke about the meaning of pretty much every aspect of the logo down to the color. So so I guess for you guys and for the listeners really what what should people know that may not know about Norwich what should they know about the logo that would tell them about the area and the city's history
1: Sure yeah uh, there there's it's kind of more than meets the eye in some cases with the logos so um Norwich is is and has been for for a long time known been known as the Rose City so we we knew that was in some way something we wanted to incorporate so, uh, in, in the final uh, version of the logo, you notice that the the narwhal, our sea unicorn, has a rose tattoo on its left arm. So, um, showing you know our love for the Rose City. So that that's a small piece that I think a lot of times it's it's almost an Easter egg. A lot of people say, "Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice the the rose logo, the rose tattoo." So, um, it's a small way to to pay homage to the Rose City um, in terms of color. One cool piece of uh, history we found in our research here was uh, Norwich. Um, during the time of immigration, folks were told, you've ha- you got to come to Norwich, Connecticut, where the streets are paved in gold. And it, and it goes back to play into Norwich being uh, very much a center of wealth and, and influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And actually in 1959, for the, the city's 250th anniversary, a, a small street in Norwich was actually paved in tar with gold flakes and it was wow. a big 10-day celebration. So there they're at one point, for 10 days, there actually was a street paved in gold here in Norwich. Um, and one of our alternate marks, the, the the unicorn is coming out of the water and breaching the water, um, sort of in the fashion of a submarine. So um, in the area, uh, in Groton, which is known as the submarine capital of the world, you have a, a major naval submarine base. Uh, Electric Boat is a company that produces a good portion of... The submarines for the Navy, um, so there's a lot of military history in this area, um, and and a good portion of our fans are um, are or were uh, in the military. We also have the Coast Guard Academy about 10 minutes away as well. So there's a lot going on in, in the the different logos, and including the colors.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the trends that we've seen. Since the rebrands have really started to pick up over the last five, six, seven years, is uh, they started out as names that didn't necessarily always resonate with the communities that the team was in, but now more and more, you know, as you explain with the in Unicorn's and how it relates to the city of Norwich, you know, you see, you know, the Rubber Ducks being in the Rubber Capital of the World, you know, Binghamton being in the Carousel capital of the world so making that connection i think is extra important for organizations that want to keep the community support behind
1: them sure and you know what we found is this is a great opportunity for us to tell some of that history right here in norwich and hopefully it's a it's a fun way for our fans to learn you know what what has happened here in norwich and and the surrounding towns um for for so many years that um maybe they didn't know before and and, you know sea unicorns may not have that immediate connection but once you start to learn the the history and the story behind it i think it's a fun way um to give our fans a little bit of a history lesson
0: yeah definitely i I know the first time i saw the logo uh i probably got that Norwals song stuck in my head for way (laughs) too long but uh so, we any, the, any plans the, the to
1: finalist? We heard that a lot. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to you had have any, any
0: plans to play that at games? Maybe when the team scores runs or anything, or because they're the sea unicorns, won't work.
1: It, it may make a, an appearance. You All know, the right. the thing that we uh, we keep uh, reminding folks is our logo. You know, yes, it, the the animal itself is a narwhal, which is known as the unicorn of the sea. Um, so the imagery and, and some fun revolving around narwhals is, is certainly in play for us.
0: Yeah. So as we both know, uh, every rebrand that has happened from now until you know the first rebrand, it comes with its fair share of criticism from the fan base. So for you guys, what was the immediate reaction from the fans and how has the community embraced the change to this point?
1: We, we couldn't be more happy in, in general overall with, with the response. Um, of course, you know, I think that the thing that to keep in mind is um, well we, we've, we saw, we have seen, you know, some of the responses in the past of team names where the immediate reaction is, is different than what it is maybe a day later or a week later or a month later. Um, so we, we went into it with our eyes open for sure, um, but the reaction has been incredible um we we've shipped merchandise to over 45 states now which is which is fun we're we're slowly ticking off the list to to get to all 50 states um so the the response right away was was great um of, of course you you have to remember that you're when you unveil a new name you're and you had 750 suggestions for a name you know in, in theory you're telling 749 people <laughs> that their idea didn't win yeah
0: um
1: so we un- we understand, hey, the- and and it's a great thing when there's a strong reaction. Um, there was a lot of really really great comments, and there was a few comments, um, you know, that that showed a little bit of um, displeasure and-, and maybe wanted a different name to to be the winner, which we we totally understand. Um, you know, we, we felt like th- this was the the name and and obviously the logos to to follow that would really give us an identity and give and a unique identity that when you hear see unicorns, you know, you're talking about that Norwich baseball team.
0: Yeah. So looking ahead to the 2020 season, what types of uh, promotions and events are you excited for fans to be a part of with the new branding? If you're allowed to reveal at this point.
1: (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's the next part. I mean, that that's what we're working on right now. You know, now we have, the name, we have the logo and you know now we're developing the full story around it and that eventually will will lead itself to you know different food items and promotions and uh, maybe some some different um, differences inside the ballpark for fans when they come because we want people to come on opening night or the first night that they they come to out to a ball game in 2020 to say, okay, you know this is a new era, it's a new name, it's a new team. Um, and, and you know we want that fan experience to be above and beyond what it was in the past so we're so. working on some things including food and um, we're not ready to to talk about too many of it, of those things yet but um, it'll be a lot of fun
0: all right, so two questions before I let you go. Uh one serious, one fun. So the serious one first, uh you know, the big story surrounding minor league baseball right now is Major League Baseball's proposal that could potentially eliminate 42 current teams from the ma- minor league landscape. It would essentially wipe rookie league and short season ball from existence, you know, with the Sea Unicorns being a short season affiliate, that would obviously put you guys in jeopardy. So what can you say about how the organization is handling it, and what type of support has the community given? With negotiations continue to happen between major and minor league baseball,
1: yeah. To start with the the support, I mean, the support has been absolutely incredible. You know, starting with the city of Norwich, uh, Mayor Nyström in particular has really been leading the charge, um, and and he's he's reached out to the the mayors or leadership of all the other teams that are on this supposed list, um, and also politicians that they, they see the value of the Norwich unicorns to the city of Norwich and southeastern Connecticut, and, and of course, uh, to all of the communities of minor League Baseball. Uh, Dodd Stadium is, is a really great facility. Um, you know obviously, a lot of what you hear in the news about the negotiation centers around inadequate facilities. We have a Double A facility for a Single A franchise, and a short season Single A franchise that the city of Norwich is is has and and continues to put funds into to to keep it as a top notch playing facility. Both the the playing surface itself, the amenities for the players, uh, and for the fans, of course. Um, so, so you know we signed a new lease with this with the city of Norwich in, into the end of July. Um, and we look forward to being here for, for many, many more years. So we've shown a commitment to the city of Norwich um, and, and our fans, and the city of Norwich in turn has and, and plans to continue to show that commitment by keeping this facility at, in top notch condition. U- ultimately, you know, the, the, propo- the proposal and the negotiation, which is ongoing, and, and we've got some really smart, great people negotiating on the minor league baseball side, and ultimately, the, the plan as proposed hurts baseball and yeah. hurts baseball fans you know that they would be the ones that would be hurt um and i think not only do we and i and i speak for not speak for but speak in terms of all of minor league baseball but I mean, not only do we help develop the major league baseball players of the future but we we help develop the major league baseball fans of the future you know giving uh, a family the opportunity in an affordable accessible fashion to come out with a with a young child that may, attention span may only last a couple innings, but to do so, you know, with a ten dollar ticket and a three dollar hot dog, as opposed to some of the prices in a major league stadium, that's how you you allow a child to fall in love with the game of baseball and then eventually want to go to that major league baseball stadium and major league baseball game.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I I know you and I along with. You know, hundreds and probably thousands of other minor league baseball employees and and fans around the uh, U.S. are are hoping that this does not happen uh, and that the 42 teams that are on this supposed list uh, are with minor league baseball for 2021 and beyond. Um, so the fun question I have for you is a new segment that I'm doing here on the podcast. It's a baseball, would you rather? So, you know, bringing us back to college a little bit with, would you rather? Um, so keep in mind that this is something that you would have to do for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life, rain or shine, you would have to pull tarp every day. This is in season or off season. The other option would be to dress up as the team mascot every day during the season from when you get to work to when you leave work. So it's between for the rest of your life, you have to pull tarp every day in season or off season, or just dress up as the mascot all day during the season for every game.
1: I'm getting in that mascot suit every yeah. day all summer long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't.
0: I w- I wasn't sure what people were going to choose for that one because you know the mascot thing. Jeez, I mean it's it gets smelly in there depending on what the mascot <laughs> thing is like. And pulling tarp, a lot of people look at that as as a good way to, you know, work out. But yeah, I, sure, I think sure. I probably yeah. have to sympathize with you and go with the mascot costume too because as much abuse as as mascots take, that pulling tarp every every day of the year just sounds absolutely miserable
1: yeah well you know and, and spend a couple hours in one of those mascot suits during the, the middle of july and I, I think i think you'd consider that a pretty good workout as well
0: yeah for sure so um before i let you go uh dave do appreciate you uh taking some time to come on the show why don't you let our listeners know where they can follow the sea unicorns on twitter and where they might be able to get you guys uh get your guys merch
1: Absolutely. So the website is com, and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, it's at unicorns.
0: All right, Dave. Well, again, thanks for coming on, and hopefully uh, I'll be able to catch up with you after the season to check out how the inaugural See Unicorns campaign goes. So uh, best of luck yeah. in 2020.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you having me on.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. This is your first time tuning into After Hours, a minor league baseball podcast. I appreciate you listening. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. So make sure that you subscribe. Leave five stars if you enjoyed what you heard. You can follow the show on Twitter at After Hours Pod. Also, have a Facebook page. Hit the like button. Just search After Hours, a minor league baseball podcast. Uh, this was a, a fun episode. Really enjoy the uh, Sea Unicorns logo. It's one of the the more fun looking ones from uh, this 2019 off season of rebranding. So I have a couple of episodes planned with the other teams that have rebranded during the 2019 off season. So looking forward to those. And that will wrap things up. I will catch you next time on another brand new episode of After Hours, a Minor League Baseball podcast.